Good. If you've got your Bible, I'd love you to turn with me to the book of Psalm. In one, Psalm 103 is where we're going to this evening. And uh, before we jump straight into that, who here enjoys the fantastic sport of volleyball? Right. Who here, at one point in your life, you had, went through a volleyball phase? Yeah. And uh, I would have to say, at this present time in my life, volleyball would be my favorite sport. And uh, one of the things that I'm developing is my spike. Anyone here got a mean spike? Right? Uh, you know, I'm working on it. I'm pretty reliant on the underhand, but on the overhand, it's pretty average. And uh, so I usually stick to my underarm because I want to be consistent in getting it in for the team, right? No one likes a show-off that gets it out every time, seriously. And so, you know, one of the things that you start developing when you work on your serve in volleyball is that you actually can develop the ability to not just get it inside the square on the other side of the court, but where you want to put it. And so what you start doing is you start targeting the weaker players on the team (laughs) who can't return as well to try and win some serious points for your team. And I've discovered a clue which identifies people's attitude, which can tell you how good a player they are on the opposite team. Who wants to know? It, it will tell you if they're like, you know, you don't want to mess with them or if they're an, you're servant to them because they're an easy takeout. Who wants to know? Knees, all right? You can tell someone's commitment and attitude to that round of volleyball based on their knees, all right? Let me explain it like this. You're serving the ball. Someone's like. Now, to be able to get to like that is so hard. But when your knees are bent, right, you're like ready. It shows you like attitudes. And you're ready for the dive and you're ready for the thing. But it's that position, that attitude, which ultimately determines uh, whether your team wins the point. And tonight I want to talk about a key attitude, a wise attitude that every single person in this room needs to have in their lives, all right? And so if you've got your Bibles in Psalm 103, we're going to look at this scripture, and I love this. Let's put it on the screen. It says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and let all that is within me bless His holy name. Can everyone read that with me together, church? Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. And uh, this is so applicable because this month in our church, we're talking about worship and we're talking about prayer. And I know for me personally, just, uh, you know, yesterday, I just went through all the podcasts that we've released in regards to the subject of worship. And it's so cool because the content has been really helpful, but I can feel God moving in my life, seriously, even as I listen to those particular podcasts. And uh, I really encourage you, and we've talked about what worship is, why we worship, how we worship. And uh, tonight we're going to keep going on that track. And I love this particular psalm. Bless the Lord, all my soul, let all that is within me bless His holy name. And, uh, you know, it's so interesting that, you know, for many of us, we know that this particular psalm was written by King David, right? And uh, for some reason, even though I've been going to church for a long time, when I think of people who write the Bible, I just think sometimes that they're really sissy. I don't know why, I just get that picture. But, you know, the more I read the Bible and study each character who writes and, and has played a part in the Bible, you realize that they're people of incredible character, they have a capacity to overcome, and they're pretty inspiring people, right? And I love this particular psalm because we know it was written by King David who started out in farming, right? He was a farmer. He, he looked after sheep. He was a shepherd. 
And, uh, you know, but he wasn't just any sort of shepherd. The Bible says that when he was a shepherd, one of the things he has to do was uh, to guard his sheep against lions and bears. Like, I don't know if you thought about your week this week coming up. I'm going to work, and who knows if I'm going to have to fight a lion. Like, so when you picture David, if you picture, like, you know, this guy who's like, bless me, Lord, <laughs> running through the fields. Like, I want you to picture this guy with, like, a six-pack. Like, he's big, and he's like, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. You know, there, there's this strength to him. But, you know, while, while David was in the fields, one of the things that he discovered was he learned the art of worship. And in that, he really, I think, had a pretty healthy understanding of who God is. Who God is. And I, I like David because he was, you know, tough, but he also uh, created instruments and was a singer-songwriter. And he writes this psalm. And I, I love this because he's not sort of just quoting a Bible scripture. You know, like, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. He's literally saying, like, this is how I feel on the inside. I want to bless the Lord, oh, my soul. But it goes on and says, let all that is within me in terms of all my passion, not 10%, not 20%, not 75%, 100%, I want to bless his holy name. And uh, it's such a powerful thing. And I think, you know, when David was there and uh, in that time when he was a shepherd, you know, one of the things I think David got was that God is big, was that God is powerful. But not only did he know that God was big and that God was powerful, but he knew that God cared about him and loved him. And if he would surrender to God, that God was on his side. And so the story goes on. We know so well that basically David believes for a miracle for his whole country. They're about to be um, overthrown by another country. And he believes for a miracle. And guess what the best part is? God comes through. God comes through. And so you see this young man who goes on this amazing journey of starting off in farming and then all of a sudden becoming the king of a nation, but writes this psalm, bless the Lord, all my soul. Let everything that is within me bless his holy name. And I love just reading this for a moment, if we could just hone in on this particular passage. And I love this because it says, bless the Lord. You know, to me, blessing talks about, to bless someone, it talks about giving. It talks about contributing. It talks about a front-footedness. In other words, not just a receiving, but I've come to bless. Does anyone like being blessed by someone? You know, maybe it's an encouraging thing or a gift. Tongai tonight got blessed. But he says this, bless the Lord. You know, isn't it amazing that when he refers to God, he doesn't just say, bro, buddy, mate. He says, bless the Lord. You know what the Lordship talks about? It talks about position and it talks about authority. In other words, this young man's come to the point where he's saying, I want to give to God. I want to bless God, but not just, just God. I want to bless the Lord. In other words, it's showing the position that God has in this young man's life, that he is his friend and his buddy, but he's also the Lord of his life. And I believe if we're going to really understand worship, we've got to come to a place where we're not just saying, God, what can you give me? But God, how can I bless you? And I want to make you the Lord of my life. It's so good. And the thing I love about this is that it sounds, you know, hard at first, but when you understand how truly God, good God is, it's easy to make Him the Lord of your life. There's no one else that you want as the Lord of your life other than God. Does anyone agree? Oh, come on, He is the best. But I love this because it's like a repeat, remix, reinforce, because it's like, bless the Lord, oh my soul, which is your mind, what's your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, in terms of like everything I've got. And let all that is within me, 100%, he goes on, bless your holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. 
an attitude to bless God. You know, one of uh, the most cherished people in my life would have to be my grandma. Anyone love their grandma? Yeah, I love my grandma. And uh, my grandma lives her whole life, as many of you now know, in a country town called Cobram. It's on the Murray River in Victoria. And uh, my grandma's a really cool lady. She has a hat collection. And so throughout her life, whenever she bought an outfit, she was into hats, so she had a, a matching hat. I remember some time ago, my mom and my sister went through grandma's hat collection. But she also was into having tailor-made dresses, right? Uh, she had really cool cars, and her and her husband pioneered um, the grocery shops and had different facilities that they rented out in this country town. And she's, you know, quite a savvy businesswoman, someone that I find quite inspiring. And, uh, and as she's gotten into her later years... Who knows that all of a sudden stuff doesn't become as valuable, but people become super valuable. And so when it comes to Christmas, which is the time that we see her on, a, on an annual basis, you know, sometimes she's quite a hard person, I would say, to shop for. Because like, if she really wanted something, she would have already bought it at some point in her life. And so you sort of sit there, it's like, yep, she's got a fridge, she's got a table, she's got a couch, she's got pictures on the walls, you know. And if you went out and bought her a really nice piece of furniture, she'd be like, why did you I don't need this. Why, why did you buy that for me? You know, and so you begin this journey of who's ever been there? What can I buy my grandma for Christmas? And uh, I'm one of those people that, like, I love being the best gift giver at Christmas time. It's like a competition. And uh, so I'm always hunting and searching. And so, you know, with my grandma, a few years ago, I really, I was just like, oh, I just haven't got the right gift. And I thought, and I thought, and anyway, I came up with a super gift. And I'm, if you're young in this room tonight, this is. And I bought my grandma a calendar full of photos of our family. Now, you might be here sitting and going like, yeah, ooh, <laughs> but you should have seen her face when she unwrapped that calendar. And she looked at January and she was like, then she looked at Feb, oh, March, oh, <laughs> you know, and the story goes on, and, you know, December, and then let's look through again, you know, <laughs> so, can I have, can I just spread the whole calendar across the wall so I can look at all the photos, <laughs> rather than going through, but, you know, as a young adult in my 20s, frankly, if you bought me a calendar for Christmas, <laughs> thanks, really appreciate that. And with photos of you in it. <laughs> like, really appreciate that. Um, I'll put it somewhere <laughs> in some unusual location. Um, but who knows that when you are buying a gift for someone, you're not thinking about what sort of gift you would like, but you're thinking about what sort of gift they would like. You know, and I love that picture, and I've told it so many times, because it gives you a great example of what worship should be like. That when we come to God, we're going, God, how can I bless you? How, how do you like to be worshipped? What do you like? And, you know, sometimes the things that God likes aren't always the things that we like. Worship is not about us, it's about Him. And it's about blessing Him. And so, 
the attitude that we need to have, which leads to wisdom, is just simply this attitude, which I think is really applicable in a church service like this. But it's also something that we can take into our every area of our life, that we wake up every day and we say, my desire, my heart attitude, even tomorrow, is God, not only what can you do for me, but how can I live a life that blesses you? Blesses you. You know, and one of the ways that God, the Bible describes God, is it describes Him as Lord, but it also does describe Him as a Father. And so the question then becomes, how, how do I live a life that blesses God? And so I think about, how do I live a life that would bless a dad? How do I live a life that would bless a dad? And, uh, you know, when it comes to maybe a church service, you know, one of the simple things that we can do is just mean every word that we say. Just mean what we say. You know, when the lyrics go up on the screen, I don't know about you, but I find it really easy to come to church and, you know, you've been hanging out with people in the foyer and you've been doing things in the afternoon or whatever and you're like kind of there and it's like the karaoke lines are moving really fast. <laughs> and it's like, repeat the sound, whoa. And, and for me, like, it, it takes, can take 10, 15 minutes just to, like, get into it, right? And then you're like, oh, a song that I know, I love this one. But then even you kind of just sing it. But you know, I think what God loves when we just attach our intentionality to the words that are coming out of our mouths. When we're just like, I, I actually mean this. You know, and, and I was even thinking about that song that we were singing tonight, you know, and it's like, death could not hold you. You know, I just thought, you know, death, it can be all those things that are trying to rob and kill and destroy from our life, but death could not hold Jesus. You know, it talks about the heavens are roaring. Isn't that a cool thought? And it talks about, you know, yours is the kingdom and yours is the power above everything else. You know, it's amazing when you sing that and you start attaching your intentionality to it, how much I think God's like, hmm, I'm loving this. I'm loving this. You know, who here speaks multiple languages? Anyone? Who knows that you can speak multiple languages, but there's a language that you have that's kind of like your, your native tongue, like your home language, the language that you feel most comfortable and the cool thing about God is that God can speak like every language. You know, sometimes people think when they pray that it has to be like, thou is God of, in the heavens. And God's like, I am smart. I do understand 2019 English. Like, <laughs> really? <laughs> How long are you going to keep? It's quite, I think God would actually be quite. It'd be quite comical trying to watch someone talk in that language. He's like, I want to see how, how they keep going with this. Um, but, you know, God can speak every language, but did you know that God has a native language? Have you ever thought about that? And God's native language is the language of faith. And so when we come into church, sometimes we come and sometimes we've had a really fantastic week and sometimes we've had a really challenging week, but what we need to do is we need to intentionally declare our words above what we feel, and I think that really blesses God. It really blesses God. You know, another way that we can bless Him, I think, is by passion. Passion really impresses God. I know when we hang out with our family, you know, our family, we love it when we get together that it's not like, hi, I'm at your home and I am so excited to be here. <laughs> but there's like fun, you know, there's life, there's food, there's celebration, there's, you know, we're excited to see each other, yeah? And I think God's the same way, don't you think? That when it comes to a church service, God is looking for a bit of like, God, I'm so excited to see you right now. 
I'm so pumped that you're here and I'm here and we're together and we're talking and I'm telling you how kind you've been to me and I just want to let you know, I want to bless you with my lips, but also with my heart, with my passion, and I want you to feel a God on the inside. You know, and I just believe tonight that as young people, as, you know, young at heart people, that we need to be people who have a little bit of passion because I think passion is one of those things that blesses God. It really does. You know, a while ago, um, Dad and I got home on a Sunday night from church, and uh, we were there, and we were relaxing and eating food, and this Beatles documentary came on. Anyone here, come on, anyone here like the Beatles? Yeah, okay. Now, Growing up, born in the 90s, love all the 90s people, and growing up in the 90s, I had never really listened to the Beatles, okay? A confession to make. Mom got this one Beatles song, and she changed the lyrics, right? And so I didn't even know it was a Beatles song. I thought it was a mum song, and I went, I know where you got that from. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, not, I just knew that there were guys in suits who on that album cover did this, you know, <laughs> and had bowl cuts. Oh, so rough. And so, you know, that was what I knew of the Beatles. But I remember we watched this documentary about how they became the Beatles and how it got formed. But the thing that crazy shocked me was how passionate the fans were. Like, like they were ridiculous. In other words, teenagers today do not compare to the level of passion. If you're a 60s young person in here, you know what passion is. I'm telling you, we need to learn something from you. Our crew's like, These guys, can I show you what they're like? Does anyone want to see? Is that okay? Like three, is that okay? Come on, let's take a look at the Beatles. Ladies and gentlemen, honored by their country, decorated by their queen, and loved here in America, here are the Beatles. Yeah. 
come on. And all the 60s people loved it. And all the people who were born in the 90s were like, I cannot believe they were hit then. <laughs> but you know, you know, my favorite one in that clip is the girl with the binoculars, right? Like, like legit, we've got LED screens, but Matt, she's like brought them in a little handbag. She's like, you know, the other one I love is the girl who's got like, <laughs> and then the girl who's like probably dead her friend and she's jumped across the fence and the security are chasing her. <laughs> but isn't it cool? Like, you know, if you went to a show today, there's no way that the band would come on that roar, right? It would be like a big intro track with screens and then like the lights would come in the back and the band guy on the drums be like, what's up, everybody? Like that, you know, it would, it would be like, that's how it would go, right? And here's this band, and they get up, and they're like, and the band is like, yeah! In the mic, like, just yelling in the mics. And then the band comes in, and they're like, <laughs> and everyone's like, this is the best moment of my life, like this. But I watched this, seriously, and I felt like God began to stir me that there's a generation who need to get their passion back. There's a generation who need to get their fire back that are so passionate that they don't care what anyone thinks because they're just so excited to connect with their favorite band. But you know, bands come and go, how much better to connect with the person who's saved our lives, who's healed our broken hearts. Come on, church, who's made a way for us to get to heaven despite our failures and our imperfections that so loved us, come on, that died on a cross for us that we would have true freedom, true hope and be free from fear and sin and have life and life more abundantly. And I just believe in our church, come on, this month, that we need to turn up the passion now. Come on, we need to turn up the enthusiasm now. We need to say, God, I don't care how I feel right now. I've come to bless you. I've come to worship you. I've come to give you an adequate response for how phenomenal, come on, how amazing, how dynamic you have been in my life. Woo! Hey, come on, somebody. You know, as the bear comes, you know, the thing I love about God is that God is the coolest person on the planet. You might think he's old. You might think he's lame, but God is cool. And one thing that I know about cool people is they know how to, like, go over the top when it's stylish, and they know how to, like, be chilled, like the Fonz, when it's time to be chilled. And God is not some weird person that he's, like, he desires a strange... um, response to him, like, where, you know, like, (laughs) but you see, when you understand how good God truly has been to us, how amazing he really is, to jump, to cheer, to shout, to dance is actually an adequate response (laughs) to how amazing he really is. Father, tonight, we pray that we would live lives that would bless your holy name. We pray that tonight we would not be people who are led by our feelings or what we like, but we would lay all that all down tonight to just say, God, how can I bless you? How can I express to you in a way that you desire? how much you truly mean to me.
how much you truly love me. 